Welcome back to another episode of Young Adult Path to Progress. I'm your host, Allie Dietz, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but today we are celebrating one year of Young Adult Path to Progress. This past year has been really incredible for me. I've been able to build connections in ways that I didn't even know possible. I got to see a whole new side of social media that I didn't know existed. I have been able to have conversations with people about so many different cool paths that they are taking. And in every episode, I've been able to be re-inspired by the people that I'm interviewing to go out and follow my dreams. In honor of one year or in celebration of one year of the podcast, today I am releasing three episodes of Young Adult. I have lots of episodes that I have recorded and haven't edited just because I've had so much going on with my move and other things going on in my life and it felt like the perfect time for me to sit down, get them edited, and release them in celebration of the fact that I created something that I'm so proud of one year ago. In today's episode, I am interviewing Aaron Dominguez, who is from the show Only Murders in the Building on Hulu. For anyone who doesn't know what Only Murders in the Building is, it is a comedic murder mystery that follows three strangers that live in the same building. Those three strangers are played by Selena Gomez, Martin Short, and Steve Martin. The three of them get together after there was a murder in their building and they decide to crack the mystery of how this person was murdered while documenting it in a podcast that they are creating together. Aaron is a good friend of mine who plays Oscar on the show, also known as Tie-Dye Guy. And this episode, I feel like, really captures the passion and thoughtfulness and inspiration that he has for his craft. This episode was recorded in April before Only Murders came out. So some of the topics that we cover are about the excitement that we have for what it's going to be. I hope that you guys are able to see and appreciate the Aaron Dominguez that I know and love. All right, guys. I'm very excited. I am here. Don't make me laugh. I'm here with Aaron Dominguez. Hi. Hi. This is so exciting. Aaron just finished filming. Yeah. His, his new show, yeah. which is going to be your breakout role. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Only yeah, Murders in the Building. That's right. Yeah. I am so excited to hear more about it in this interview and Thank just you. hear about your path, how you got to where you're at. Absolutely. So um, just to start out, can you tell us a little bit about how you got into acting? Yeah, sure. Um, hi, guys. <laughs> uh, like Ali said, my name is Aaron Dominguez. <laughs> Um, and for, thank you for having me. Yeah. Um, thank you for coming. Course. I'm yeah. so excited. Me too. Um, just, uh, I feel very welcomed by you. Oh my gosh. Um, and wow. uh, privileged to be here. But, um, how did I, uh, the question was, how did I, how get did you into get acting? into acting? Do you want the short version or the long version of it? I want you to tell me what you want people to know. Okay. Um, I'll keep it kind of, uh, condensed, but my, uh, so I, I, uh, I kind of got into this industry because of my parents. My mm-hmm. parents were both uh, professionals in the field as well. They um, they were both professionals in in Venezuela. They both went. They met at the in theater school. Both of my parents did. 
Um, and my dad was a professional ballet and jazz dancer, and my mother was an, a singer-songwriter and an actor, and they both met in acting school, and uh, they moved to Miami, and then I was born. Um, so I kind of, I kind of grew up in the industry or in the performing arts field. Um, my parents, uh, after some years in like the late nineties, uh, kind of created their own theater company. So I, I was kind of, um, foisted in, into what that is, the performing arts. And then, um, at an early age, I, I, I grew up, um, kind of loving, uh, watching them both perform on stage because I would see them at their theater plays or at performances that they had. So I, um, yeah, I kind of, I kind of grew up into it in, in a short answer. So how was that? How was that growing up with creative parents? And I know that your siblings are also in the industry. Yeah. So I mean, drama. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's some tea there for sure. Um, yeah. I mean, it was, uh, I think there's many, there's many aspects to it. Right. I mean, uh, growing up with two parents, um, it was a privilege, first and foremost, right, to mm-hmm. have two parents that uh, that were both professionals in that field. Um, because I grew up uh, with a certain discipline to the art, and then also like a certain love and respect in that aspect for it. But um, I think it also uh, scared me a lot because for a while there was within the industry that we work in, there's inconsistency mm-hmm. in a lot of things, right? Whether it's financially or mentally emotionally so uh as a kid growing up i feel like i saw that from a very early age and it scared me so that type of inconsistency kind of uh led me to get into like more like different things when i was like in middle school and high school i got really into sports and then when college came around i went to college and i wanted to do journalism because it was kind of like around the same thing like creating a story in mm-hmm. a sense right but mm-hmm. um i think my first semester of college i I dropped out. I did drop out. I was in the middle of like some lit class I was in and I got up and I was like, this isn't for me. I was like, I can't do this. I had like an epiphany in the middle of the room. I was like, I can't. it was a very cathartic moment. I was like, I, I can't. Do- I was like, this isn't for me. And I went home that day and I told my parents that I, uh, not that I fully wanted to go after acting or being an artist, but because um, I still had that fear there. Mm-hmm. But um, my dad, I remember my dad telling me, he was like, well, whatever it is that you want to do, make a plan and go for it because at the same time my dad was like I don't want you not doing anything and you know and just wasting time and at the time I think I was I was at an age I was like 18 or 19 and my dad was like if you're not going to go to school then you got to work you need to figure something out figure something out produce uh, at some type of level and it wasn't up until uh a few years into that where you know some doors opened up and I started doing short films and feature films and then I got signed and all that fun stuff but um yeah within that it's been uh yeah, highs and lows. Have you seen yeah. that fear come to life? Absolutely. I feel like we we all do. I mean, there's even times now where, you know, uh, you still kind of, you know, you ask the question, like, what the hell am I doing? Mm-hmm. Is this working? Is this something that I want to do long term? Right. Um, but you love the craft. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I think sometimes it's, it's, it's got to be more than love. Mm-hmm. right because often i mean there's there's things and uh, certain job fields that people work that say that they say that they love things but they're miserable mm-hmm. um so i think i think love is also peace of mind as well um and i think within if you could find even peace of mind within the noise right or within the the, the everythingness of it and the nothingness that comes along 
with this field. And it's not just this field either. You know, it's, you know, pe- regular people that work nine to five as well have their highs and lows of mm-hmm. what they deal with. Um, and I think as well, like, it's been beautiful to, to have my siblings as well be, be in the performing arts as well or be in the, in the artistic realm of, of the, the creative process of what they, you know, what is um, the industry, right? Whether it's music, uh, art, uh, performing, um, it's been nice to have my, my siblings to, to relate to mm-hmm. know, for us to kind of lean on one another. Yeah, to have that support and someone who you can lean on. Throughout it, who truly understands. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you said journalism kind of in the same sure. realm-ish that yeah. you're telling stories. Sure. Not that what me and Courtney do is right. the exact same, right. but having Courtney to lean on because, right. I mean, journalism is also not a straight shot, especially when you're starting a podcast. Absolutely. And having a sibling that you can lean on has yeah. been, yeah. yeah, really great. Well, it is. It is in a sense, like I said, it's a very, in reality, everything in this life is an art form. Interior, mm-hmm. like let's say I was looking to uh, add furniture to this room. There's an art form to that, right? Mm-hmm. It's your it's your specific taste. Mm-hmm. Um, journalism, in and of itself, is an art form. It's how I can captivate people's attention with telling a story. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it, so to that fact, like the fact that you do have Courtney, there there is some type of relativity there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's. It's nice. It's nice to have my siblings there. And, and, and your and parents. Yeah. 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 My parents Were they supportive been... from the very beginning? Yes, absolutely. Um, with their, with their own fears as well. Yeah. Um, you know, of, of the, of the what ifs mm-hmm. with their own, obviously with their own son and with their own kids, right. My, my older brother and my older sister and them knowing that we were, but we all wanted to kind of follow in their footsteps to, to pursue a life in the arts, um, be it may whatever field we chose to do. Um, yeah, it's, uh, they, they were supported from the very beginning. Um, my dad and I butted heads, uh, at the beginning a lot cause he felt my dad was homeless at 16. Oh. Um, because when he told my grandmother, RIP, um, when she, when he told her that he wanted to pursue a life in dance, um, she wasn't supportive mm. and uh, she told him, she was like in this house, you're either going to go to school or you're going to work. Mm. Um, and my dad was working at the time, but since she wasn't supportive and he had to leave to go to the academy or to like pursue um, dancing, she told him that she wasn't supporting that. So she told him that she had to leave the house. And he did. And my dad was homeless, I think, for two or three years. Wow. Um, hi. Question? Yeah. Wasn't he um, dancing with Janet Jackson? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, my dad toured with her for a little bit. Um yeah, so my dad's storyline was kind of so at sixteen he left uh, his house, was homeless for two or three years. Um, while pursuing that, he, my dad's storyline is very a chorus line esque. Mm-hmm. He went to the academy to audition, um, and my dad till this day talks about the story and it brings tears to like everyone's eyes who who listens to the story and to to himself when he tells it. Um, it was and it was like very New York esque. Like you get to the building and everyone's stretching all these very like studied uh and uh graduated uh world-renowned dancers were there because at the time venezuela had a huge hubble for like what uh jazz and ballet dance was um because they had an academy there that was big time um but 
yeah, my dad showed up and he like saw people stretching. So my dad was like, oh shit, maybe I should stretch a little too and stuff. So, <laughs> and my dad showed up in like regular everyday clothes yeah. while everyone was in their leotards and in their, you know, their, their shoes and all these different things. So um, my dad said that one by one, uh, or they would like, they would fill out in a line, you know, um, and one by one, they would, uh, their numbers would get called out and my dad would go up and, or like he would see these people go up on stage and perform these ridiculous, wonderful, beautiful, like dance numbers, you know, that they had rehearsed for God knows how long. And my dad's number gets called up and my dad went up there and this, his song of choice was some type of like Saturday night fever disco song. And my, the only thing that my dad knew how to dance at the time was disco, like disco <laughs> music. Cause you know, he would go out with his friends and stuff and it's the seventies, eighties, you know? So he went up there and he like, he essentially made a fool of himself. Yeah. Um, to the to like to the dance to the professional dancers that were that were there um my dad said that he'll never forget it like when he went up there people were laughing at him while he was while he was dancing for like his 30 to 45 second however long it was but after he was done dancing you know he got back in back to the line and um at the end of it all all the numbers start getting called out like i forget my dad knows his number to this day but i forget what his number was but his was the last number to get called and there was like a big pause too, like, you know, people's numbers start getting called and they start walking up and then, you know, people start leaving because they're like, oh, my number mm-hmm. already got skipped, whatever. And then my dad's number gets called up or like the person takes a pause and they were like, and number whatever. Oh, no, was. not, not like, this one. So my dad said that he was looking and then people were like, what? They were like, what the hell? That, that's you. And my dad was like, oh, hold on. That's me. <laughs> he was like, that's me. He like, he walks up and that, uh. So as everyone is handed their like golden ticket or whatever it was, right? Everyone else leaves and they have to all stay, the dancers that have made it through. Um, and they give them the whole pep talk, like, hey, rehearsals begin uh, on Monday next week, be here at whatever sharp time. Uh, and as everyone's like grabbing their stuff, like happy that they got in, um, my dad's my dad obviously can't believe it. He's like grabbing his bag or whatever to leave. And the director from, obviously from, you know, the theater, it's like the spotlights are on, so you can't really see much of anything. But there were two directors up, like in the stands or whatever, in the seats, and they called my dad. They were like, "Hey," they're like Nicholas, and like my dad just saw somebody wave their hand, and they were like, "Come here." And my dad said that his heart was beating. <laughs> he was scared. Terrified. Yeah. So he walks over, and uh, the person that was also read the number walks up. So it was three of them, and they said to him. Uh, they were like, uh, that was terrible, is what they said. They were like, that was terrible. They were like, you made a fool of yourself. They were like, but um, they were like, if you have the same balls that mm-hmm. you walked up here and made a fool of yourself, if you have the same balls to carry that through with what we're going to teach you, they're like, you're going to be one of the best dancers this academy's ever seen. They're like, and the director was like, I've never seen anyone have the balls to make a fool of themselves like you did for literally 45 Fake it till you was, make it. Yeah, he was like, yeah. you were committed for the entire 45 <laughs> seconds. And he was like, you have some balls. He was like, welcome to the academy. And obviously my dad was crying when he yeah. left and he got accepted. And from that point as well, he, um, it wasn't like everything was glamorous and, and you know, uh, sunflowers or anything like that after that. But he, because I think you had to go to the academy for like a year or two. So my dad was still homeless. Mm-hmm. My dad would sleep inside of his friends' cars or on the street or sometimes like, you know, for a week or two with friends or mm-hmm. my dad didn't have a dollar the to his The struggle continues. Because it was Monday through Friday. It was nine to six every day. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, it's almost like you're going to school. And uh, yeah, my dad would tell me stories of like, you know, him 
literally having to go to the office while everyone was gone at the academy and have to steal the entire pot of coffee to drink the entire thing because he didn't have anything to eat but that's the way he would get energy from to dance for 10 hours straight. oh my gosh um things like that or things of like you know people giving him rotten donuts in the back of the alley because they would feel bad for him sleeping on the street they would be like you're too young to be sleeping on the street where are you like go home to your family my dad would be like no i'm chasing my dreams so to bring the story around my answer full circle, there was a moment where my dad you were butting, were heads. butting heads because my dad oftentimes would tell me that I wasn't doing enough. Oh, he would keep it real with me and he would tell me things like you're not you say that you want to do. You're not. Well, my dad. Well, there, there's also a it's funny you say that uh, passion a lot of times isn't what gets things done because I could be it's passionate hard about work. something. But if I don't have the focus and the mm-hmm. drive to get there, if I'm not disciplined and focused enough to carry something through, um, then it won't happen. And that's what my dad would tell me all the time. My dad would be like, you, you constantly talk about how passionate you are about things, but you're, you're focusing your drive is, and is nothing. Mm-hmm. You, you're not disciplined. How long ago was this that you started? Um, it was after you quit going to school. Yeah, all that stuff. It took me, I think 2015 was the year that I finally committed fully to it. Yeah. My dad and I butted heads for about a year, year and a half. <laughs> it was something that my dad said to me that I'll never forget to this day. But it drove me. Mm-hmm. It drove me so hard. He said, um, we were having an argument. And he goes, he goes, you know what the thing is with you? He goes, you don't want to be an actor. He goes, you just want to be famous. Oh. He goes, so if you want to be famous, he goes, I'll give you a tip. He goes, just get butt naked. <laughs> he goes, just get butt naked and run across the street. Yeah. He goes, the cameras will show up. Yeah. He goes, so if that's what you want to do, he goes, do it. He goes, you're, he goes, so he goes, that's what I see. He's like, mm-hmm. I don't see you. He's, he's like, you don't want it bad enough. Um, and obviously it was harsh at the time when my dad said that to me, but I know what he was trying to get out of me. Mm -hmm. Um, because my dad was somebody that was equally passionate, Mm -hmm. but equally as focused and driven. And you need that sometimes you need the kick in the butt, the, the tough love in order to get your shit together. Absolutely. Yeah. And, 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 uh, you know, and that quote probably now holds rings very true before we started this, we were talking about with your show coming out soon, the way that your life is about to change because the show is going to blow up. I mean, we've already seen (laughs) your Instagram uh, has. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's, 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 (laughs) gained quite a following. Yeah. Yeah, So it's going. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how now do you feel about that idea of fame and celebrity and I mean, you were telling me that that's, that's not what your goal is. And, and sure. your dad's conversation with you, that probably made you realize that. Sure. So how are you facing this? Um, uh, <laughs> I, I'm, and I'm obviously taking my time to process it. Yeah. Because I, yeah. I, I feel like I, it's not a, there's not like a, a one quick cookie cutter answer to it. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think, uh, I think the celebrity of things or the fame of it all, um, isn't something that I've been uh, that I've ever really been attracted to. I mean, I've I've oftentimes thought about success, having a lot of success, so my tribe, my friends, my family can all benefit from it, right? Mm-hmm. And I get the chance to put my friends on or work with my friends, and and them as well uh, uh, get in the same find uh, the same success, find the same success mm-hmm. within within the t- a collaborative team effort, right? Because um, that's my dream ultimately. Mm-hmm. But um, I feel like the other stuff I, I can do without. Um, but I, I understand that the, that this industry oftentimes uh, 
goes hand in hand with that. Mm-hmm. Um, my, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess I'm going to take it one day at a time when I get there yeah. or when that comes about. That's kind of what I've what been I, doing, uh, what I've been doing now. Mm-hmm. I've just been taking it one day at a time because, um, it, it's not, and it happens yeah. overnight. Yeah. And that's what you've seen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, some of it. Yeah. And, and the show hasn't even come out. So yeah. It's something that, um, I've been trying to see how I can gauge, but it's really hard to, um, cause I've, it's like when you get asked different things sometimes as well, it's like things you haven't experienced yet. It's like, well, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Cause I haven't had the experience yet. This is my first time experiencing this kind of thing. So, um, and you really don't know when you're in it either. Yeah. You don't know how to process it. You don't know how how to handle it while you're handling sure. it. Sure. And sure. you're you're kind of at the very front of it all right now. Yeah. So I could imagine. I'm in the airplane. How are you? How are you handling that? Are you are you are you going to therapy? <laughs> <laughs> Good question. Um, not currently. Okay, go to therapy. <laughs> okay, thanks. Thanks, Ali. I think I'm going to take you up on that. Yeah. Um, um, I, I, I know a great therapist. Yeah? Do you? This, this yeah, is it's therapy. very therapeutic. Yeah. It's very therapeutic. Um, I think uh, I think I'm handling it well. I think there was – I think there's been times where um, – well, here's the thing. that Oftentimes, um, I feel like these things can get hypened because of uh, self. Mm-hmm. So, like, oftentimes in this, you know – in this experience that we're having uh, sometimes can feel very cathartic, but not so much because of what's happening outside of us, but what's happening within. Yeah. Right? So if I make these things out to be bigger than what they are, or, or I start freaking about, about the what ifs that haven't even happened yet. Um, I feel like that's when it can begin to get very, uh, you know, it can feel a little bit chaotic and mm-hmm. it can feel very like, you know, overwhelming. Overwhelming. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So when you internalize it, yeah, so I think uh, I think more than anything, I've just um, I've been trying to stay even kill about it, mm-hmm. and just taking it one day at a time, like I said, and just you know, uh, taking it as it comes. Like I said, there was there was moments and times in New York where it felt a little bit overwhelming. Yeah. Um, but it was more so because because of the things I was creating in my mo- my own mind, right? Mm-hmm. Like the oh, what what you know, what's this going to look like, or what about this, or what about that, or what what about this thing that was just said? So it's like. It right now, you know, I'm on the, I'm on the ride, mm-hmm. and there's not much that I could do about it anyway. So, so you've been on the ride now for about six years. The whole ride, sure. you're on like a whole new bump of the ride now. Yeah. Yeah. But you've been on the ride for six years. Yeah. Can you talk about some of the lows that you have experienced personally, and the way that you've pulled yourself out of them? Mm. Um, yeah. Uh, I feel like there's a lot of different uh, areas I could talk about from um whether it be mentally mm-hmm. emotionally spiritually uh financially mm-hmm. um you know there's a lot of different uh aspects to the struggle within all of this but um i think my struggle is oftentimes the same struggle of any other actor mm-hmm. or any other actress um or any other artist right it's the struggle to uh do good work mm-hmm. i want to say get uh recognized but recognized in the sense of not not the fame and not mm-hmm. the celebrity of it all but being acknowledged and respected mm-hmm. uh within the work right and being um being affirmed in that it's it's oftentimes one of the the, the thing that we often battle the thing that we oftentimes battle with um and then there's a the whole uh you know um stability part of what this industry is right um 
oftentimes uh, you're you're it's a challenge to be mentally and emotionally stable when you're constantly getting told no and mm-hmm. then having to put a front or a face on and then turn in the other auditioner. Now you're 17 rounds in for this one role, but you didn't, you get, didn't it. get it. So it's, it's a lot of highs and lows and I could, we could sit here and talk about it for hours um, on different things on it. And then there's the whole financial aspect of it mm-hmm. as well, right? The having to work six different jobs at one time to, to, to have the free time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, to, to be able to have to dedicate to the craft and go to class and turn in these auditions and all these different things. So there's, there's that, there's that aspect. And then whatever it is for one person to say like, well, my emotional stability as well is huge. Cause once again, that ties into the mental or the spiritual as well. So it's, it's a lot. Um, mm-hmm. I can't, I can't really think of one uh, in specific. I've been through a lot of ish um whether it's been here in uh la or in new york when i've when i've lived out there for stints and in in atlanta as well Mm -hmm. so i feel like um it's all led me to this though i feel like all of those things are catalysts to kind of um if you want it bad enough once again passion can only drive you to a certain extent but if you're focused and you're you're disciplined enough you know you'll keep going yeah i think that that is like talking about what the struggle of trying to create a career within Mm -hmm. the industry is so important because I know lots of people who want to do this that right. are they do get scared as I'm sure anyone who is embarking on a career in this field does um and they don't really know what they're getting themselves into you know I I'm in a unique position that I'm kind of surrounded by all of you guys because Courtney's in the field right. so I I know what it looks like and I'll have people right. who I went to school with come and ask me about it and they're trying to get agents or they're, you know, need to get headshots done or whatnot. And they don't really understand what what goes into it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so important to be able to see the whole view of it all right. of, yes, the struggle, but also the success. Yeah. And that, you know, it's a continual grind. For even sure. even after you hit a point where you, you have this incredible breakout role. Absolutely. I mean, you have just landed you know, I'm sure what you've been dreaming about. Yeah. Yeah. But, but after all of those years, you still, there's still going to be new struggles that come out. Yeah. There's different levels. Yeah. Of course. Right. I mean, it's not the, it's not the same struggle to, uh, you know, when you're first starting out to find a good photographer to take good headshots of you or the aspect to have the money to pay for a Mm -hmm. photographer or new headshots, um, or to find a job that you make enough money uh, to do that, or to find somebody to come help tape you, or for paying for a taping service, or whatever. It's 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 different levels. Um, as I guess you kind of go up on the success uh, uh, ladder ladder yeah. of it all. Um, but it's still it's still the same grind, right? Mm-hmm. It's, but it's just a different kind of, I guess, perspective on struggle. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for sure. How um, have you yourself? handled those lows to get yourself to a point where you are able to wake up and still put 110% into everything that you're doing. Cause I think that's a really <sighs> easy thing to let yourself just be swallowed by sure. is that feeling and the anxiety that comes with yeah. embarking on a career in such yeah. a hard industry. Yeah. Uh, I think family's a huge part of it. Mm-hmm. I think you gotta, uh, my fa- I mean, I can only speak on myself, but my family, um, my family's played a huge part yeah. in it for me, um, uh, for my support system, my friends, mm-hmm. the people that I call my tribe, right? I mean, 
you've been wonderful and obviously Courtney Courtney and I have had a wonderful relationship too and we've kind of we've shared a lot of the the same struggles and the moments and stuff and we've been able to kind of lean on each other for those for those times and then our friends back in Atlanta that mm-hmm. are uh whether or not they're still going through the grind of it all you know they're still there um much like we are we're there for one another um but I think it's also the um uh back to kind of like that thing that you said it's for for the love of it all right mm-hmm. um whether it is that you continue to find yourself uh, uh, loving the, because that's the part, that's the other part of it too. We oftentimes don't celebrate the the small wins, mm-hmm. the callbacks, or mm-hmm. whether so much it was a it was a small note from casting that said, "Hey, this was a great tape, but we're going another way," or whether it's the acknowledgement or the affirmation from your own friends saying, "Hey, man, that was a hell of a tape." Or that was a hell of a performance or whether it's a small theater play that you went and having your small group of five friends going to see you and and really enjoying it. It's um, I think oftentimes we have to kind of challenge our own selves to switch perspective and to celebrate the little wins Mm -hmm. Um, because the support is there if you want it. And at the same time, too, it's like. It's it could be. You, you can learn to find you can learn to find the small wins or the love of it all in the everything of it or in the nothing of it as well because there's been times where I've felt the most peace is when I've allowed myself to not get caught up uh, about the fact of whether or not I've I haven't gotten a call back mm-hmm. in the last four months um, and I don't get caught up in well is my work good enough mm-hmm. what is it that I'm doing or not doing because then I don't know where I'll book a job that I didn't even think was a good tape and then I don't know where it was for me you see what yeah. I'm saying so it's yeah. like it's those things where um, I think it's a constant ebb and flow of like um, caring, but then letting go as well. Um, that's oftentimes, you know, kind of what this li- makes up the 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 um, the experience of this li- this wonderful thing we call life. Yeah, so. I think that you make a good point about the the flip in perspective, and I think that that c- can go into really any any life that you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Everyone needs to, you know, you. It's a conscious effort every day to choose to look at the positive. Absolutely. And if you're not making that conscious effort, it's yeah. so easy to, like I said, get swallowed by that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's been one of the things that I've admired the most about, you know, this whole friend group, and especially you. I mean, Courtney yeah. and I talk about it all the time. How deserving you are to be where you're at, because we've watched you put the work in. Um, but the whole the whole friend group is so good at, I mean, and, and you guys are there for each other to yeah. keep your, your, you on track to sure. be in that positive headspace. Mm-hmm. But I truly believe that's why you guys are as strong as you are yeah. and why I can see so many of you guys having success in this career because you have that support you, and man. you're able to like yeah. flip that headspace. Yeah. 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 Also, yeah. we have like a live audience. So Courtney's we do like going <laughs> to chime in. Courtney is here and my <laughs> friend Carter and Timmy are also here. We've got a little bit of an audience. To kind of go go back to what you said, it's also the, it's both too, because there's, you know, there there's days where you don't put the 110% in. And yeah. that's okay. Yeah. This, well, that's a part of the balance. Yeah, man. This, this thing sometimes, if you let it uh, control, you can suck you dry. Yeah, you can't let it, you can't always let it consume you. At some, some days you're going to have to take the day for yourself to just, but I mean, also one of the unique things is, and this is like super random, but I feel like for you guys, even on those days when when you're taking a break and you're what vegging out, you guys are still in a way focusing on your craft because you're watching movies or listening to some sort of form of art. 
So, I mean, if you need those days to veg out and just like check out and immerse yourself into a different story, it still is a way for you guys to hone in on your craft and like see what you like other people that you want to learn from, which is really unique and cool. I think Daniel Day-Lewis said something relatively close to this one time. Um, The art form uh, can't ever be outside of what your everyday life feels like. Yeah. Right, movies have to feel like have to be relative to life, mm-hmm. unless so because unless because then it's not then it's not then it's not speaking truth. Right, it, it's not going to feel real, mm-hmm. um, and the film won't resonate in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so even I feel like even times when we're checked out, uh, our everyday walk with ourselves, right, mm-hmm. your your inner dialogue, your inner experience, your even the the exterior experience of what you're living every day, that's that's where you pull from anyway with mm-hmm. these things. And, and I feel like that's what, I mean, once again, that, that ties into any profession, any job field, um, mm-hmm. you know, you, 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 you live through it. I'm, yeah. I was about to go on a whole rant <laughs> and then I was like, no, don't go. That it's so easy to go don't on go rants, that isn't it? <laughs> like when you're having these deep conversations, so easy to go off on tangents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how long were you in New York shooting only murders in the building? Um, I think I officially went out there. Um, I want to say the last week of November. It might have been like November the twenty fourth or sixth or twenty eighth. Um, Almost and then five months. We yeah 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 yeah. It well actually it was because then we broke for the winter break, mm-hmm. and that was I think two weeks that I was in Atlanta because I didn't come back to LA. Because LA was going crazy with the COVID stuff. At that yeah, point. wanted to stay away. And my team was like, "Don't come to LA. Yeah, stay away." Yeah. Um, so I ended up going to Atlanta to visit my family. But so we shot for two weeks, and then we got back in January. And it was four and a half months. So essentially, I mean, it was five months. I think all in all, in total, it might have been five months and some change. What was so. your favorite part of the experience? No, no, no. I mean, um. There was a lot of wonderful moments. I yeah. Mean, uh, from from the ones that I had on set mm-hmm. and on screen to the ones, you know, offset and, you know, outside of work. Yeah. Um, I got to hang out with friends and make new friends out there as well. And um, the the culmination of it all was was uh, was was truly wonderful. Highs and lows as well. You got to work with some pretty incredible people. Yeah. Yeah. You yes, worked I with did. Steve Martin. Yeah. Martin Short. Martin Short. Yeah. Selena, Selena Gomez. Gomez. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How was they it? were uh it was a dream come true. Yeah. To bring it around full circle to kind of what you said, right? The chasing the dreams part. I mean you um you grab any three of the, I mean you any one of those names by themselves stands alone, right? Yeah. And their their work speaks for itself. Um from growing up and watching Steve Martin or Martin Short or both of them together. Yeah. Um, and to work with those two guys and, and then Selena, the star that she is, you know, um, you put them th- three together in a show. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, for pennies to the dollar would have signed up still to do the show. Yeah. So, um, it was, it was wonderful. I mean, working with them, uh, for as long as I did was a, was a huge, uh, learning experience as well. Um, not only within the, the constructs and then our, us building our own dynamics on and off set. Because uh, obviously you have to have some type of yeah. rapport outside of, um, you know, what what you're getting paid to do. So th- that way it doesn't feel as 
as fake, right? Yeah, you need or, the chemistry to be real. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So building that with Steve and then with um, Martin and then with Selena as well um, was wonderful. And all three of them individually was they were they were all great. So can you tell me a little bit about the show? You do you play Selena's Selena's friend <laughs> lover? Um, yeah, yeah, I uh, I do. Yeah, um, that's why your Instagram blew up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that uh, yeah, that did happen. The tabloids. Yeah, they 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 were there. They caught you. They did. Yeah, they, on they, set. Yeah. Yes. Um. They. Uh. Yeah. I. Uh, I play Oscar. Betancourt um on the show and he's the the son to the superintendent of the building mm-hmm. and in the building some things happen mm-hmm. um you know and uh uh selena's character's name is called mabel and um we were friends and then some things happen and then we kind of run into each other again and then kind of spark this little uh love interest yeah. between both characters and um and then you stay tuned and watch the show. Yeah. <laughs> I have to ask, are you murdered? I uh, don't know. You'll have to watch. <laughs> how, many know, murder, how many murders were in the building? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who was murdered? Who was murdered? <laughs> <laughs> tune in. Only murders in the building. Um, A nice yeah. plug. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Is it? <laughs> um, no, I mean, the storyline is centered around um, three characters, right? Uh, Steve Martin's character, Martin Short's character, and Selena's character. Um, and it's three unlikely people in the building that don't even get along, but something happens in the building, right? To where there's a murder that happens in the building. I was going to say, I wonder what happens. There's a murder that happens in the building. <laughs> and they three are uh, big fans, obsessive fans about murder podcasts. So they take it upon themselves Mm -hmm. to kind of try and solve the murder in the building. Mm. And obviously within that are different dynamics and different storylines and different characters. And I mean, think about it. It's it's an entire building filled with people and tenants. So there's a hundred different storylines there. It feels um, so relevant to our current day (laughs) age. The obsession with with, With podcasts. With with, with murder podcasts. I personally, I've never, I've never gotten into the murder podcast stuff. I mean, I've seen some and I've kind of like here and there caught some of my friends like listening and hearing or like watching some of them. And they're, I mean, I could easily get sucked into one and just watch one for like a week straight, but I'm not, um, I'm not well-versed in the murder podcast, uh, thing. Are you guys? This thing? Um, no, I'm not. No, I'm really. Are you not. into podcasts at all? Besides your own, I. This is <laughs> awful, and this is the first time and last time I'm ever admitting it on air. But really, no. <laughs> I. Um. Anyone I mean, I listen to some podcasts yeah. here and there, but mm. I just, in order for me to listen to a podcast, I really need to sit down and get immersed in it. So if I'm going for a long drive, I absolutely Same. can do Same. it. That's when but I can like, do it as well. If I'm cleaning my room. There's no chance I'm getting my room cleaned. Exactly, because I'll sit down and I'll be and like, like, I have to listen. Immerse myself yeah, into yeah, yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. So because I feel like I just don't, you know, go on long car rides enough. <laughs> I don't really listen you heard it here to first, podcasts. Um, uh, Allie Dietz does not, and I repeat, she does not support any type of podcast. Yeah, not podcast. <laughs> podcasts not even her own so i don't even know if this will make it on i don't know anything but i don't know anything either (laughs) i figured we just put up the mics and 
put up the camera and yeah. Just, yeah, we start saying some words. Yeah. So um, what are you most excited for people to see from the show? Besides myself? <laughs> Ew. How could I ever say that? No, absolutely not. Um, no, I'm excited I, I to see I'm, you. I'm a little nervous to see myself. I so. um, obviously have invested interest here. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Hopefully I don't let you down and everyone else. Oh, I think uh, what am I most excited about? Um, well, I'm excited about the show and like all around, right? I'm I'm excited to uh, for everyone to see kind of like the the baby we created, right? I mean, yeah. along with my exec- executive producers, uh, John Hoffman, Dan Fogelman, Jamie Babbitt, Steve Martin, Martin Short, Selena Gomez. I mean, all of us, right? Amy Ryan, who's a, a part of the cast, um, and we have some wonderful. Um, stars that are attached to that literally no one knows about that are on the show like oh that'll be got fun some huge that'll be really cool huge like guest appearances on the show throughout that um keeps the show nice and fresh but um i'm excited for everyone to to see uh what we created right mm-hmm. what we were all kind of able to do together i'm excited for um people to see steve martin in his first ever tv role Mm-hmm. This is Steve Martin's first ever. Just insane TV. to think about. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's been around for a long time and he's had, you know, a lot of success and he's like the, the, the comedic icon that he is and he's never done TV. Um, so I'm excited for that. I love he and Marty's chemistry. Those guys are literally best friends. Mm-hmm. They are uh, in real life. Um, so that's going to be awesome to see that chemistry they, on that, camera. Yeah, it was. And it was so good to see it like in person. I learned so much from them. I mean, with Steve and Marty, you have to be ready at any given moment because they they're at it, and then like their improv game at all times. Like you have to be ready to stand toe to toe with them in a scene, like whether it's uh, like off book or lo- word for word. Um, and same thing with Selena; she was she was money, yeah, all the way throughout. Um, but uh, I'm excited. I'm 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 excited and a little nervous and eager to see. Uh, the final part. Do you like watching also. yourself back on shows? No, yeah, it's hard. not really. Yeah, it's a little hard because what I do um, often is I'll <laughs> uh, watch I'll, if and when I've watched my performances, I'll sit there just judging my choices and I'll be like, damn, I could have done this a certain way or like, mm, why did I say that? Or I, I could have, you know, whatever. But I, I, I've been learning um, as of recent to just sit and enjoy. Yeah. Um, and I might have seen some stuff from the show already. Ooh, um, and you so, yeah. feel good about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay, I am. Good. I'm actually, I'm really, really happy about it. So Good. I'm very I'm excited very excited to, to, to see it, to binge it. Yeah. <laughs> so for anyone who's listening to your story, who yeah. is wanting to get into the industry, mm. what piece of advice would you give them? Start now. Um, would probably be uh, the first thing I would say. And that, that's me not even thinking about some like very in-depth answer, right? Mm-hmm. Um, start now. I think oftentimes we um, we psych ourselves out of things, right? Or we, Push them off. We break our own hearts 77 times a day mm-hmm. um, just thinking about things and replaying them over and over and the what-ifs of how it could go well or how it could go wrong. Oftentimes, the inner voice tells you. It's going to go wrong. It's going to go wrong. Yeah, you don't even think about how it's going to go well. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, I think think right off the rip, I would tell somebody to start now and to not wait. I Mm -hmm. think the sooner you start and you you get the fear out of the way of – I think that's the hardest thing sometimes is just starting something. 
um and it's just going for it i mean i can't i can't imagine what that must have been like for you right like your your journey with finally starting this yeah uh which i would love to know actually (laughs) ali what was what was that what was um i mean it was exactly that it was the fear of pushing i mean i pushed this off for about two years after i came up with the concept of what i wanted to do Mm. got jobs lost jobs quit jobs and i found myself yeah, I have a whole episode about it, yeah, but yeah. I found myself in a pandemic. I'll have to tune in as well. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. We'll trade. Found myself in a pandemic, and I, again, just like you said, I, I was like, if you don't start it now, you're never going to start it. Mm. So. Hold on, because I want to ask you a yeah. different question. Um, would you say that the, the pandemic, right, because mm-hmm. it slowed a lot of things down, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone's industry slowed down. Yeah. Um, and we were kind of forced to sit with ourselves and our thoughts and our own dynamics and blah, blah, blah. Would you feel, do you feel like the pandemic or like the, not the pandemic in and of itself, but I'm saying the uh, alone time maybe that you had mm-hmm. um, or the spare time that you had, do you think you used that time to kind of hone in on what it was that you wanted to do? Yeah, I got certified in life coaching in June. Okay. Because that was something that I wanted to do. Thank you. Yeah. That was something that I wanted to do before I started a podcast where I'm going to be giving people advice. Right. I wanted to have some kind of credibility behind me right. before I did that. And um, I don't do well with like just sitting. Mm. I'm not good at it. So for me, I had the unique opportunity, you know, that there was nothing going on. I wasn't working. Mm. I had the time to do it. Right. And I mean, it wasn't a unique opportunity. We all had the opportunity. <laughs> we were all in the same We were position. all forced to sit down. <laughs> but I wasn't good at the sitting down. down. Right. So right. I, yeah, it, it definitely pushed me into a place where I was able to do this. Hmm. And it's been the most rewarding experience I've had. Um, I think that it was also, uh, to go into it being unique, um, a lot of people aren't trying to create something for themselves. So they had to sit down. They didn't have the chance. Yeah. Um, if you wanted to create something for yourself, I think this was a great time to do it because you had nothing but time on your hands. Yeah. So for me, I wanted to create something. So I was able to do that. This was the first time that I could take that time off mm. and be on this, on my mm. creative project without feeling guilty. Mm. Um, okay. So... I mean, I didn't really sit with the pandemic in the same way that a lot of people did because right. I got anxiety after like two days. And I was like, let me just do it. I'm not going to sit here and cry about the fact that I lost my job. Right. Yeah. Right. right. So, yeah, that was, I mean, I think that what you said, your piece of advice, even though you said that you didn't think very much about it and yeah. like that was just like the quickest thing that you could come up with. I think that's a great piece of advice because yeah. it is true. If yeah. you, sit on it and you wait then like yeah. you can come up with a thousand different excuses in the yeah. book to not do something yeah so i think if you just start now and oftentimes you know that's as scary as it sounds or as hard as it is right mm-hmm. everybody's um uh reality is different right whether mm-hmm. it's scarcity or different things that are pulling you from different sides obviously you know once again um to each their own but and i know that everyone has different challenges um but I think if, yeah, if you just, if you, if you say, cause that's the thing, you have to say yes to yourself mm-hmm. before you can say yes to anything or anyone else. Mm-hmm. So say yes to yourself, say yes to the opportunity and just start. Um, what's a piece of advice that you would give me, Allie? How about that? <laughs> um, Miss Life Coach. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, I got well, certified in life coaching. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Do you really want a piece of advice right now? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, fuck. I kind of like turning the tables. Yeah, you did a good Um, job doing that. You really hijacked my podcast. I'm pissed. (laughs) Didn't know that I was (laughs) asking you to come on here so that you could host it. Off script? Off script? My favorite. I wasn't prepared. I feel very flustered. Those things never make the final cut anyway. Um. Yeah, I think just a piece of advice, you know, because I have obviously been in your shoes and have the right to give you advice yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> would uh-huh. be to just hold on to the things that ground you mm. while you're going into this, because I mean, you've already experienced it, how crazy it can get. And I can only imagine that it's going to get crazier for you when the show comes out. In what sense? I'm, whatever so, I'm you sorry. <laughs> She just apologized, everyone. I um, apologize for telling the truth. I don't know what you mean that it's going to get crazier. Oh, you do, though. Don't. Yeah. I'm, I don't, I'm not. Yeah. So that, we, I, yeah, just I just hold on to the things that, that keep you. you grounded. Because if yeah. you do that, then I, I know, and I know that you're going to do that. I, you don't need me to give you that advice. But holding on to those things that keep you grounded is what's going to keep you sane and help you from getting lost within it all. Mm. Um, and I can imagine that it's really easy to when you have 25,000 people coming at you on Instagram. <laughs> Shots fired, everyone. That's what that was. Um, so thank you. what's the best piece of advice that you uh, were ever given? And if you don't say my advice, Yours. yeah, okay. then we're not sharing this. <laughs> okay. Best. Well, then right off the bat, your your advice was yeah. the best advice I've ever Thank been you. given. You're okay, welcome. so what's the real answer? Um, um, I can't I can't think of one in specific. I mean, my my dad has been um, my mother and my father have been my greatest supporters, right? So there's been at any given moment that mm-hmm. I've called them with wherever I've been at that time and place in my life, they've they've given me the best advice obviously um with them also i've gone through some similar struggles right within the field or outside of the field whether Mm -hmm. it's just been life advice relationship advice or whatever um and my brother as well so i can't i can't really think of one in specific um but i can think about the people that have given me some some of the best advice but um yeah you see i was about to say like a corny one but then i was like no that's uh it's okay it's corny. Yeah, we, yeah do we don't need to bring yeah, the cheese in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll do without the cheese today. <laughs> so is there anything that you want people who are listening to this episode to know about you? I think that that's like one of the reasons that I wanted to have you on is because hmm. because we are friends, this is an opportunity for you to introduce yourself in a way that you want to be known. Yeah. So if there's anything that you want people to know about you. I feel like um, it's hard. It's like hard to talk about you know yeah self. Um, yeah I feel like that's a lot of the times that's why we do what we do right because yeah. we get to hide behind someone you else you get to be someone else yeah yeah um what's something that i want people to know about me or what do i want to be known for um i don't know i'll leave that up to you or the okay. audience i don't yeah. know it's a big um, oh you're one of the <laughs> hardest working people we know Thank you. and one of the most deserving people we know that's and i am i'm really proud of you Thank i'm excited you. to see where this journey takes you Thank you. this path that you've been on for six years. Yeah. And it's yeah. taking a crazy turn right now. Yeah, yeah. 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 I'm just a human being having his experience. Courtney, um, one That's of our all. guests in the live audience is raising her hand with a question. <laughs> yes, Courtney. What's your pet peeve? My pet peeve. I have that written here. <laughs> I have, feel like I have a few. Oh, loud chewers. Ooh. Oh, my God. 
Oh my God. It's pretty bad. Uh, not even. Okay. Cause here's the thing. If you're chewing with your mouth closed and it's loud, I could, I could probably pass it. But if people that chew with their mouth open, mm-hmm. no, can't do that. Um, <laughs> sometimes when there's, <laughs> sometimes if it's like a quiet room yeah. or like everyone in the room, like let's say we were all working in our own space right here and you have the common decency to like read the room and know that it's quiet or like, you know, you keep, you keep everything at like a, a room level Mm -hmm. right room uh sounding level because that's the premise right i strongly dislike people that can't read a room yeah so like if someone comes in all loud where there was just like peace and quiet um courtney i love peace and quiet i'm kidding um but someone that just can't read the room at all that's a bad view of mine or disrespect i i if i can't deal with people that just disrespect other people i am so thankful that you came on. I think that your story is beautiful. Thank you. And I am so happy for you. Thank you. And can't wait to watch you blossom. Yeah. Yeah. Thank <laughs> and, you. Um, yeah. You are very smart and um, I mean, emotionally intelligent, not just. Thank you. Yeah. And having you on the podcast to talk about a path that is not an easy one to take and yeah. to see that that path is paying off for you and that it can pay off for people who want to put in that effort Mm. I think really can help a lot of people thank you so I appreciate you coming on and I appreciate you for having me I'm very grateful um and uh humbled to be here so thank you for taking the time out of your day to interview me Thank you guys for tuning in. I hope that you enjoyed getting to know the man behind Oscar's character. If you have not yet, I recommend streaming Only Murders in the Building on Hulu. It is so good, and I'm not just saying that just because I'm friends with Aaron. And don't forget to tune into the other episodes of Young Adult that I am releasing today. In one episode, I will be interviewing Natalie Bowling, who is the former assistant to Tana Mojo and Bella Thorne, and she has lots of tea to spill about the ins and outs of Hollywood. And the other episode is with David Meltzer, who is an entrepreneur that I heard speak on the Skinny Confidential podcast. He had a lot of great tips that I felt were really useful for anybody who is looking to build their own path. And his advice really connected for me. And I reached out to him and he agreed to come on an episode. And I'm super excited for you guys to hear what he has to say. Thank you for tuning in.